I'm Mel. And I'm Tosh. And welcome to another episode of Mahogany Momology, an online dialogue pertaining to the concerns and carefree parenting of Black motherhood. And now, on to the show. That's right. We We're not going to even gonna delay I was nothing. We're going to jump right on into this. If you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, um, we have had recently a situation with a neighboring city, um, the city of Lancaster Independent School District, where they sued a board member for conflict of interest for being an advocate to children with special needs. This discussion leads to the question, shouldn't our school board be advocating for children's best interests? Because that's what I thought they were supposed I'm, to do. W- this is what a school board is supposed to That's what I thought. We're going to learn. And we will dive into it with our guest mammologist, Council Miss Carolyn Morris. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so very much. And I'm very honored to be a part of your show this morning. And... I am ready and open for any questions for clarity. Okay. Well, we're going to give some folks some background history of you. Um, not all of our lovely mammologists are in the Dallas area. So let me tell you a little bit about how important Miss Carolyn, um, Carolyn Morris is. Um, her and Clayton um, moved to Lancaster in 1985, and they are, have raised three children and five grandkids. So she she's definitely a mom out there. Um, she's actually the founder of the Lancaster NAACP, and in 1995 became the first, I'm going to say African-American, to be elected to the Lancaster Independent School District as a member of the Board of Trustees. Um, she has her education from the Dallas Baptist University, El Centro College, a paralegal, and North Lake College as well. Y'all, she's got a list of certifications a mile long. Um, yes, yeah, I probably should have took like a, a basically a political science class. If she had done it, um, I would have been in your class, ma'am. Um, she is the awardee <laughs> of the 2017 Dallas County Dispute Resolution Center Volunteer of the Year, the um, and that was done via the George Allen Courthouse, as well as the Volunteer of the Month in June of 2017 and uh, May 2018 and January 2019. You can find her in a list, uh, an assortment of community um areas and from even being a precinct chair to being on the United Way Allocation Board. Um, y'all, w- welcome, Miss uh, Carolyn Morris, to our show today. Welcome, welcome. So, yes. Well, listen, I'm, listen, like you said, you want clarity? We, we're going to ask you questions. Well, for those who, like, I, clearly, as, as you heard me ask before, I thought that was the purpose of a school board was to advocate for children. So what is the purpose Miss Morris, of a school board? Well, you are correct. And number four on the framework for school board development for Texas, uh, uh, Texas School Board Association is advocacy, believe it or not. The board promotes the vision of advocacy in the community. As you know, each board member here in Lancaster are elected by their district. And so when an individual go out and vote for you in that district, they expect representation. And I, as a board member elected and as an advocate, have a duty to respond to my community as a whole. 
And so my role is to advocate for equal education, fair education, and as a board member, we only have one person, and that is the superintendent. And he is to follow the same role pattern that a board member is to follow, is to advocate for children, not tell the board members that they cannot advocate for the children or the community. So there is a list. We are supposed to have structure, accountability, and unity. And the unity, all of that is to the district, to the individuals that go to the poll and elect you. That's Mm -hmm. our role. So when you ran for ISD board, why... This the idea or the fact that you being an advocate, was that ever brought up during your running for the seat? Oh, no. Oh, no. I have the organization Parent to Parent Connection Advocacy, Inc. was founded back in the early 2000. When I was elected in 20, I'm sorry, in 1995, I was an advocate doing the same thing that I'm doing today. Um. My son had a disability, so there was never an issue, even with the prior board. The issue came about when I ran again this time because of one individual, and that was the board president. She actually started an investigation. She is white, and when she started the investigation, the mission was to not to have me sworn into office after I had won May 4th. So the issue of conflict of interest through the first 16 years that I served on the board, up until this particular superintendent, Elijah Granger and Ellen Clark. And let me share with you while I am naming and calling names is because in order to fix a problem, you got to identify the problem. And trust me, as one elected official, I am here to serve. I'm here to serve the individuals that elect me into office, and I am here to serve the board when they are doing what's right. Do you want to just give us a quick breakdown of the demographics of your school board? What percentage is African-American? What percentage other? Okay. I will. Thank you for that. Our board is a seven-member board. Six members are African-American, and one member, which is our board president, is white. We have one male, and the rest are females, including myself. Thank you. And the superintendent is a male, but remember this, you all. The superintendent works for the board. He's not a part of the board. Okay, okay. Go ahead, Tosh. Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> no. Um, and can you think, like, okay, so have there been situations where 
like say you said, you mentioned being at, you, starting the advocacy pretty much with your own child back in 95. You know, or even before then, I'm not sure how old you're. you're before then, yeah, it was in then. the 80s when yeah. I started. Yeah. Um, had there been situations where your advocacy for your students went against your role with the ISD uh, or, you know, and what was that like? Um, when I was first elected to the board, oh, it was, it was very, very racist. It was, uh, I came out of a single member district, which was a lawsuit in Washington to allow an African-American to serve. So there was a battle, a battle. There is a battle now with children with disabilities. Sure. Yep. Yep. What's the, what's the the percentage, Ms. Morris, of like those with special needs in your district? Do you know? um, the no, okay. because let me share something with you. Children that receive uh, special needs, children that receive special needs, and children that are high achievers, concurrent courses, meaning high school, college courses, AP, those individual children are also covered under special education funding. Okay. And so you would just basically have to add the two together mm. because they're all covered. Gotcha. As far as disabilities, well, every child learns different. And so it would just be how one would classify and say, my child may be a high achiever, but my child may have, on the other hand, a disability as well. So I'm trying I'm I'm trying to understand. You you sat on the board, or still sitting on the board, I guess, if you will, and an issue or something comes up that is being presented to the board, and it, it's involving a student with special needs or in the area of your expertise, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. are you? How how are they saying that you're not in compliance? Okay, well let me let me make something clear right here. Okay. These issues would never, ever come to the board. Okay. Never. Okay. These issues are totally separate. When a parent have a child that is receiving services under IDEA, the Individual Education Act for Disabilities, that goes straight to TEA, the Commissioner of Education at that point. Either you could do resolution, you could do mediation, or you can request for a due process hearing at the state expense. School board trustees never hear due process hearing. Mm, okay. So it would never come to the board. So why? So how could it be a conflict? So mm-hmm. I guess that's where I'm like trying to figure out why. Yeah. Why are you a conflict? Why is your what you do for a living a conflict of interest? Is that that's not. what they're saying? It's one's opinion. And the reason why the judge ruled like that, if I can go back a little bit earlier, I stated the board president started an investigation on me before I was sworn into office. I was elected May 4th. The board received a letter dated May 13th. I wasn't sworn in until the end of the month. And at that point, I had to go to the state to get sworn in because they were refusing to swear me in. So the whole issue really wasn't the conflict of interest. 
the board president and four other board members, Harris, Mays, and Davis, along with Clark, they wanted me not to be on the board. So you come up with a conflict of interest that's not there because you all never heard it. You never heard. You don't even know. Every every board member have the right for to students' information uh-huh. if the parent give it to them. And the only way that I get into a meeting with a parent and their child, the parent has to invite me in. And then there has to be a consent to allow me to hear confidential information, which you cannot go out and share it with anyone. So the board was upset that I have information that they don't. So I'm going to read read this to our listeners because I looked up the conf- conflict of interest disclosure on Lancaster ISD. And it says, I quote, the new law requires school board members and superintendents to file conflict disclosure statements revealing certain relationships they may have with vendors doing business or seeking to do business with their school districts. It also mandates that trustees and superintendents report certain gifts received from current vendors and those seeking to become vendors. That is the conflict of interest disclosure. Minus the fact I didn't tell you all when, you know, when it became into effect. It does not talk anything about what anything Ms. Morris has talked about. An individual, right. The has nothing to do. Relationship. This is as if, I'll just, I hate to use company names, but this is as if Coca-Cola was going to Ms. Morris and trying to do business. Or she had a relate, like if she worked for Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. And then she brought Coca-Cola to the board mm-hmm. to supply Cokes sure. in the school. Yeah. Total conflict of interest. That's the example. So I need to, I had to read that to people because there's different types of conflict of interest disclosures. And that's literally what it says. Mm-hmm. So. So what was your, I'm still lost. What was your investigation on again? Like, right. what were they investigating you for? They they were in, investigating me for, um, to see, I don't know if I was giving information out for children or, I really don't know because then for, it, there was none. There's no law. There was no law before we went to trial. Uh there is no conflict of fiduciary duties is because of the fact I don't wear a dual hat. I do not do business with the district. My agency do not have a contract with the district. Yeah. And so there is no financial obligation there. So to me, in my perception, um, they use the word breach of fiduciary duty loyalty to the district. Well, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm loyal to this district and this district are the people that elect me in and I'm not going to do anything wrong against the people and the taxpayers and stakeholders to satisfy a board for board members. I would not do it. I would not take now. That's what you'll go to jail for. Yeah. And I want you to know there is a conflict of interest. Now you look at what I'm, this scenario I'm going to share with you now. Our sitting board member 
is and what she was the president of a nonprofit organization and the treasurer to a nonprofit agency. The school superintendent went into a collaborative obligation for teachers and staff that are receiving tax and federal funding to make donations through our district website to that nonprofit. What? She is the board president mm-hmm. and she votes on to come into the district and the board members don't even actually know. They tell us where the money is going. I told them, I want to know what account. When I first asked about that on the board, they said, well, we got it in a safe. We're going to set up an account. You are taking money from teachers and staff and money is coming back into the district and you cannot tell me as a board member that has to vote on this where that money is sitting right now and what account is sitting in? Now, you now what is the conflict of interest? Helping children with disabilities or receiving money into the district with no... And I have reported this to TEA. Texas Education Governance has done nothing. And I am going to tell you if this is not an act of racist, I have went to our district representative for the state board, District 13, Ms. Davis. I have... CC, the president of the State Board of Education, and the commissioner of education. I want to tell you, if I would have done that, I would have been in jail. Now, look at that conflict versus looking at what they, they are about to pay close to or approximately a million dollars just for a judge to say, I can't help children in Lancaster. And she had nothing to go on other than a May 13, 2019, before I was sworn in, an attorney, Eichabon, wrote the board president and said, well, you know you can't serve two masters. So she's going to have to either decide what master she's going to serve. And I'm like, okay, are you calling good and evil? So a key is evil and the school is good? Who's the evil? Of the two, talking about serving two masters, because two masters got to be evil and good. From my, and I'm very spiritual. I love the Lord, mm. and so either I'm going to serve Him, or I'm going to serve Satan. What are your um, people? The people who elected you, and your, I guess they call it a place. Um, oh, they're furious. Parents testified. This judge took away. A child, I was actually the child advocate. When she made that ruling for Lancaster that I can't continue to help children, this is a young man that Lancaster is destroying. He's a senior. He is one of their prominent football players, but they only use him, but he has a disability. They forced him to come into an art meeting. I had to break the teacher up from arguing at him. I said, you know, he cannot stand this. He cannot function under this. Please don't do this to this young man. But as long as he's on that football field and doing right by the athletic department, that's all they wanted him for. Because we don't know yet today if he's going to graduate. And by the judge's ruling, he has nobody to help him. And that was what I was going to ask you. Aside from, are there other advocates, organizations such as yours, locally that do the same thing? No. 
I am not aware of them. I know disability rights, but you have to qualify. And it's only so much they will help you with. I will talk to a parent 24 hours a day. I will go and sit in the meetings with them and help them come up with a good, effective IEP to help the the parent understand how to advocate for their children. I do a lot that, no, I'm listed with Texas Education Agency. And usually, as some parents would say, Ms. Morris, you're the cleanup person because we have to go to the state to even find out who you are because I don't, I don't, uh, I don't advertise. Right. I'm looking from an educational standpoint. You know, how does how does one become an advocate? You know, what does that well, look like? It's you just to become most attorneys are advocates. Yeah. Because they know the law. And it is a lot to understand IDEA and the regs because the regs impact your due process, your right to have service, your right to be able to. Uh, attend school, your right to be because you have a disability that you can be in the regular classroom, the right to understand psychological evaluations. It's, it's, it's a book of right at 368 pages. The so, average parent cannot learn all of that. Exactly. It took me eight years to get it with my son. And so I figure like a lot of parents tend to hire uh, advocates to work for them because it's so convoluted and they don't know the the ins and outs mm-hmm. of the law, you know, especially as well, it comes to Well, let me share with you this. No, they would have to hire an attorney. My nonprofit organization is a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know is that for my services, I don't charge. That was going to be my next question because, again, I'm going back to this whole conflict of interest and trying to connect their dots. <laughs> Not my dots, their dots. We are a 501c3. Mm -hmm. And you have to remember, you read off my education. You read off my uh, credentials. So I'm here to tell you, a parent, if I charge a fee for my services, the average parent cannot afford me. You know, attorneys start with $300, And to go to a trial or due process hearing, those hearings could be up from $100,000 to $200,000. What average parent, and especially a single parent, could afford something like that? Correct. I am a degree paralegal, so therefore, I can charge you $200 an hour. Correct. Because so, it's legal work. It's legal work that you're doing. Yeah. So but yeah. before my son, my son was killed right out of high school in a car accident. After we had won a due process hearing, me proving that Lancaster didn't provide my son with an adequate transition plan to further his education in college. So they had to pay for his college so he could get that transition. And two weeks after he had enrolled in school, he was in a car accident and he was killed. Sorry. And so one thing that he asked me to do, Mama, please don't stop because what you do for other children impact my friends. For the jobs that the other school board members have, how do those play a role within the district? Do they have a role in the district? I mean, they, they don't have a role. 
They don't or, have a role. Or like, what, a is their day-to-day, what is their day-to-day yeah. job function, I guess? Because like you your day-to-day job function is, is a paralegal. You're an advocate. So right. what is their, can you kind of give us like their job? Like, do they work? Do these other board members work? Have jobs? I don't, I, you know, the only thing I know one board member, I don't know where they all work, but I know one board member, uh, uh, she's the administrative assistant to our chief of police. So understanding and knowing how important it is to answer to the community, she should know that. But as a board member, basically, four board members do exactly what the superintendent tell them to do. And you all, let me share something with you. The trial was over January 23rd. We had a school board member January 23rd. There was some things very important that you will want to know that happened that night. I'm the ready. First thing, the first thing a individual have to be in a position five years to be vested. What, what do you mean by that? Four members voted to give the superintendent to increase his retirement to be full vested and put $54,000. They they had already given him 10. They That night, they gave him 44, which came up for the whole year, $54,000 to be vested. How long has the now, superintendent been in position as of today? Two years. I need to go become a That was payday. That was payday. And then our auditors had been auditing our district while I was in trial. So the auditors, the auditor gave his report. And so when he gave his report, I said, Ellen, can I ask the auditors a question? Well, Ms. Morris, what you want to ask and I said, I don't think that's any of your business. Well, you go ahead and ask. So I asked the auditors, I said, you just finished auditing our district, correct? You audited our finances, correct? And so I said to him, did you find any conflict of interest when you audit the board? He said, no. Mm-hmm. And so I turned around and said, did you find any breach of fiduciary duty of loyalties? to any board member. And he said, no, you just did an audit on our report and a week later, a judge said there was, and you said there isn't. <laughs> so who's telling the lie? Who getting paid off? Well, the judge had nothing to go on. But I can tell you money plays a big deal. A lot of things don't it. Because this district, that almost million dollars could go into a classroom. Okay. How many teachers could have been hired? How many benefits could be paid? And so he made a recommendation for coming up board meeting in February to give everybody some compensation. It has not been public yet, but I'll just say some compensation, but it ain't nowhere like what the board gave him in January. So, um, could the judge, and I know, you know, the trial is over. Could the judge could have called the auditing um, agency, the people that audited to kind of get some oh, the evidence? Judge? Yeah. She could, have, she could have done a lot of things. Number one, let me share something with you. One of the persons that testified, oh, and the superintendent called me a bully on the witness stand. But they said that this wasn't personal. But one of the persons which was, is do our training, and I have known her since the early 2000s, uh, she testified. And she testified that her belief 
if I was in a conflict of interest, that's her personal opinion. Okay. okay. And so you, but she said professionally as personal as she has known me, I've done a great job. She knows what I do and she trains board and I have sit under her under training and she's with the state. So I asked her, well, if you felt that I was in a conflict of interest, Kay Douglas, why didn't you tell me that? I don't know. You were district attorney for Huntsville. You served on the school board. So you know exactly the responsibilities of the school board. We have talked in conferences and workshops and in trainings. And I said, why didn't you ever tell me you thought it was a you thought it was a conflict of interest? She said, I don't know. But you were saying now because the school district subpoenaed you in and the school district paid money into Texas School Board Association. And she still had no response for you. That's right. She never she even as never a told me before. <laughs> I didn't even no. know okay. that the when the board sued me. Yeah. They sued me originally for a hundred thousand dollars. What for what? And put a restraining to put a restraining order on me. Well, the judge me? told them the very first day. Well, you all better show me what Miss Morris is doing because right now I don't see it. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how you get like a want to sue for a hundred thousand dollars if you're a nonprofit agency. Okay, you're not collecting well, any no, money. No, they were from suing me personally, personally. for a hundred thousand dollars. They never sued the agency. They were suing me personally. So if but it was a conflict of interest, then they should have been, they should have sued your company, not you individually? That's right. Okay. Okay. So, mm-hmm. how, yes, how, ma'am. so where, where do things stand now? Are you still on the board? Are you sent? Like, uh, clearly oh, not yes. you're not censored. Oh, yeah. She made it very clear to them that they cannot put me off the board. Okay. She made it very, very clear to them. And I have not, and let me, for your audience, I've not done anything wrong. Oh, uh, no, no. Well, first, I don't think so. I'm involved in a lot. I do a lot for Dallas County. Volunteer. My mediation for family and civil, civil court for George Allen, I don't get paid a dime. I'm one of their top, one of one of their top mediators. And I'm not an attorney. And so I give back to not only my city, but my county. But I don't have that many clients in Lancaster. And so there are ways that I could still help them. So judge didn't take it all away. She just said I can't sit in a a mediation, a due process meeting, a due process hearing, or an art meeting as an advocate. Within Lancaster ISD. Within Lancaster okay. ISD. Okay. But see, parents can do something else. Oh, what and can I they can do? in that meeting. Okay. They can do what again? They can do other choices. I could become the, the child legal guardian for education purposes. Because usually okay. when a parent call me, they are in danger. They have already went to the state. So when she cut me off as an advocate in Lancaster, she cut the kids off. She said, if, if can't nobody else do it, I'm not allowing Ms. Morris to do it as an advocate. 
However, for clarification, you can still provide advocacy to other ISDs, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But what she did was she has changed the course for elected officials because what you all may not know, elected officials are immune from lawsuits. The board voted to sue me. They didn't even know the four members that voted. They didn't even know what they were suing me for. The superintendent is the one that pressed this lawsuit and he put his special education person up with the affidavit, meaning that only one person worked for the board is the superintendent. I had to do an interrogatory and a mission to get who was actually pushing the lawsuit. And when I found out it was the superintendent. What can parents do in this situation when they when they see such battles taking place? What's the There's what's really the- nothing but right to the state. And also, board members have three minutes once a month to speak to the board. One minute. I mean, I'm sorry, three minutes. The board voted the night the trial was over to only allow citizens to speak to them for one minute minute. Hmm. Once a month, one minute. And the superintendent remarks was to that, well, they don't need to be coming to this board laundering their dirty laundry out. If you got a problem, you go to your individual board member in your district. Well, you just cut one of the board members off. <laughs> so, what? Were, yeah, how are they going to handle that then? uh uh-uh. Because he knows that he controls that board. And in controlling that board, there's nothing that could happen. Mm-mm-mm. What is the city council's take on this situation? Uh, well, actually, you know, school board and city council are two different entities. Mm-hmm. City is municipal sure. and they have their own TML and uh, Texas Municipal League, and and then their ordinance, which is different from the school board. So actually, this is this is a bit much, you all. This is history. This has never happened in history to a sitting elected official. So where they say is going to, it's a conflict of interest. Every every it's gonna make other people that run for office for city and school board think about okay, do I really want to get into this and I could be sued if I even speak to one family in the community that vote for me in my district? Because yeah, that's what I was trying to like understand because you're you're elected by the people in your particular area. That's right, in my district. In your district. Only. And only Mm -hmm. and say I live in your district and I come to you. And I say, look, mm-hmm. here are the problems that I'm having with the school because you're the mm-hmm. ISD board. I don't mm-hmm. know the rules and regulate. You know, I'm coming to vent or whatever, get solutions. Y- your job is to guide me to help get those solutions. Right. But <laughs> I want to tell you this. If you come to me and you are a voter, you have already been to the district. And so you came to your board trustee because the district did not help you. So I'm not going to send you back there. I'm going to show you where the policy is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then if the policy don't help answer your questions on your next step, I'm going to tell you to call the state. 
Okay. I'm not going to send you back somewhere you have already been and you didn't get help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the way Lancaster and most boards are, well, we we can't talk to you. You got to go to the superintendent. Well, ma'am, I voted for you. The superintendent won't do anything. I'm not sending you back to a person that have not resolved your issues. Yeah. I'm going to show you where our policy, because it's online. Information is free. And for a sitting board member or any elected official, do not provide guidance to the person that they expect to cast the vote for them. Do not deserve the position they run for. Hmm. Because you have to answer to the individuals how can they trust you? Where is the integrity? Where is the trustworthy? Where are your values? Who are you really running for? We have to, as a board member, our total responsibilities is to vote on the budget. The superintendent hires a CFO. The CFO presents the budget. We vote on that. We only interview one person. And that's the superintendent. The superintendent is the only person in the district that works for the board. So how could the judge say, uh, most of the teachers, there was no evidence. There was no hard evidence. Teachers said, somebody told me that Ms. Morris intimidated me. She ruled on what somebody told somebody, you all. Nobody ever came to me and said, Ms. Morris, you know, I know you want to do a good job, but you intimidate me. Are you threatening me? We can't do anything about that because we only have one employee and that's the superintendent. We set policy. And when we set policy, policy is to govern the uh, whatever the education process, the uh, whatever our harm policy, but we have to follow the Texas Education Code. We can't make up policy. It has to go through legislation and has to go through the process of Texas Education Agency, the State Board of Education, and TASB. That's a whole lot of going through before we get to the board, right? Yeah, yeah. so I'm sitting here going, That's what there's, we no, do. there's no need to even be suing you unless you were stealing That's money. Right. right. That's right. You're right. <laughs> What is up next for for you in your in your um, fight for our children and and just and being on this board? Well, you know, let me tell you something. I can work with anybody, and I'm going to continue to work hard. But I am going to pursue this for the sake of the children. I'm going to pursue if I could get financial support, help to file for an appeal, because the judge was wrong. And let me share something with you. I represented myself. And the reason why I represented myself, because a retainer fee, lowest 20000 the highest 50000 just to take the case. I went through a lot of law firms. To give just up $20,000 on a case that you shouldn't even be suing me anyway, I don't get that money back. I even asked the judge. I had to pay to have the board members subpoena. Mm. I asked the judge to give me my money back. She, did you read in there that she gave me my money back? No, ma'am. No. 
I asked her because I am a degree paralegal, could I get a reasonable rate for work in my case? Did you see it in that order for me to get it back? No. Oh, man. So, yes, yes, I, I am. I am open to any supports to pursue legal on this. And, you know, we see a lot of things happen to ourselves, but this is not about Carolyn Morris. This is about personal agenda. And, and so, in other words, if you as an elected official have um, four individuals to carry out your agenda as the leader of a school district or the mayor of a city, then you can do a whole lot of damage. And yeah. that damage may not be right. Right. That's that that's a, when they say that they are afraid of one board member, you better look at those four board, board members that are voting along with somebody got a personal agenda. And I also let me just share something with you. I don't know if you have looked at our superintendent. We have about right at seven thousand students, mm -hmm. one high school. Mm-hmm. With perks, retirement, and salary, it kicks him over four hundred thousand dollars a year. Excuse me. And he just and he just got his doctorate last May. How 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 big is Lancaster? Well, <laughs> I mean, you mean landmass? I'm mean, just thinking population for landmass because that's a large salary. You know, that's something like a major city. That's a like, CEO situation. That is that is New York City. You know, superintendent. Yeah. That is yeah. You know, yeah. that's tier that's tier yeah. one money. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so he was on the. So he knows what he he's doing because he was a board member over in Duncanville before he came to Lancaster. He was a school board member. So he knows exactly how to do what he needs to do for a board to go along with him. So would your recommendation be, or maybe you're not, I don't know if you're allowed to even make a recommendation like this. What is your recommendation to parents? Can they, what do you, you call it? Maybe, recall? Is there such a thing? I was going to say, ask the questions. I mean, really, what can a parent well, do? Investigate well, him? Well, let me just share something with you. I think the parents should lobby the commissioner of education and the governance to our, we have local control. That was one of the worst thing legislation should have, could have done. That's why it's so much misuse of funds, so much corruptions. And like even on our board, allowing teachers that receive state and federal funds to make a donation payroll deduction to nonprofit organization. Look at chapter seven, one, seven, um, um, 171, where it states about school boards and nonprofit organizations. They are two separate entities. They should never intertwine. And so these things can happen when you got local control. Lancaster is a living witness that it can happen. It's happening now. So, yes, I will speak highly out that the state is allowing this district to do this. I will speak on what's right. It's because my theory, if you can't serve the people right, you don't need to be serving them at all. Who would stop anybody from helping anybody? That's a civil rights. Who would stop anybody from helping somebody with a disability? And a child. I 
have a call out to everybody in the nation that works with individuals with disabilities. Please don't let this go by. This needs to stay alive because the future of individuals with disabilities in the education system, in higher education, and on, in the workplace. Because you know this could happen in the workplace too. Mm -hmm. Because I advocate for people in the workplace with disabilities as well. So I just don't advocate for children in education. I do higher education. I do employment. I do hospital. I had a client. I've been working with him since sixth grade. He was 34 years old. I became his medical advocate. They diagnosed him with cancer at stage four. He didn't die to four years later because they misdiagnosed him. Now, you tell me that individuals with disability don't need someone on the outside to help them. Everybody cannot afford an attorney. Yeah. Uh, she made it clear the judge made it clear Lancaster don't need it and she I guess she thought that I didn't understand what the lawsuit was about I understood very clear what the lawsuit was about but it, it wasn't about what she had to rule on it was about that they came to her because they didn't want me to do it period hmm that's unfortunate. Unfortunate to the students and fortunate to the children. When is your next board meeting, Carolyn? The next board meeting is February 20th. And so you guys meet on the 20th Thursday. And, and Thursday, and, I, and that's another thing. You know, they schedule these board me meetings in the middle of the week on a Thursday night at 6 o'clock. Can you imagine in the middle of the week like that? At the beginning of the week, because it, it's, it's just, it was a common practice. This, to me, was a tactic to not to get the community out in the middle of the week, six o'clock in the evening, on a school night. Are you, are you guys' meetings recorded or uh, videotaped? Can they they are recorded now, but for for before I got on the board, they always said they had technology problems. You paying so much all this money, but you couldn't fix our technology. Ooh. And he makes it very hard for the community to have access to those recorders. Oh, he's real strict. I got twenty days, and you may get it in twenty one or twenty two days. Even board members, we have to request it. Through public, uh, through the Public Information Act, and I'll get, get check this out. Now you know when you go into court, the judge says you can have your cell phone on, but you have to put it on silence, right? Yes. The board president says everybody turn your cell phone completely off and no recording. Now you got problem with your recording, and you telling people they may be sitting in there and got a sick parent, parent, a sick anybody, child. Is that Child legal? may need to be picked up at school and the board president say nobody have their cell phones on. You know, that's that's not, that's against the law. Because yeah. I let her know every board meeting, I'm not turning off my cell phone and I will be recording. But she has called the police on me three times. Ma'am. The board president have called the police on me to have me removed as a sitting elected official three times because she says I interrupt the board meeting. 
you are part of the board. I'm part of the board and she don't allow me to speak. I, I share with you every time I ask her to speak, what do you want to say? And then when I say what I want to say, she starts arguing, which creates a, an argument. And then she ready to put, have the police to remove me. So we have no freedom of speech on that board. Under the control of the superintendent and the board president and three other board members, Harris and Davis and Mays, we have, we can't, they, they support the superintendent and the board president. So the other board members, the other three of us, we have no voice. We have to fight to speak. I beg them not to do this to the community on this one minute citizen comments. Allow them to speak at least the three minutes that they have always had. They said no. Superintendent said you don't need to bring that dirty laundry to the board. How do you even how do you even talk for a minute? You can't. You're gonna say your name and address and then you gotta sit down and they will enforce that sitting down with officers. They have officers in our board meeting. Oh my God. Well, Ms. Carolyn, um, we, we are going to post when the meeting is. Um, yes. For those who are who are listeners who live in the area um, and listen to the show. Um, and I, I honestly, I feel like uh, in closing, I encourage those who are in other school districts, really take a vested mm-hmm. interest, see what you know, dates and times, go to those meetings or, you know, not if, you know, if you have to get a sitter, maybe join up with another family member or something and rotate who goes to the meetings and record and get involved and. Or bring and your child. Bring your child. To the meeting. To the so meeting. they can show what, what, yeah. what civic duty yeah. looks like. Yeah. Oh, she, she, she will not allow that. She, she will, if they come to lying today. the meeting, she you. will have them removed. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. You cannot. No, ma'am. We know that. We know that, right? We know that. No, she didn't say. Everybody's not as strong as us. <laughs> Man. Ay, ay, ay. You well, all pray for the citizens in Lancaster. Yeah. Because I'm sure it's going on someone else, somewhere else. But this one board member has fought against civil rights since I started the NAACP. Her fight with me just didn't start. Mm. She is part of the old regime of Lancaster back from the 1800s. Her her family is rooted here. If I, I don't want to tell you what her family was, but this was a plantation town. I feel like I recall yeah, that in my Yeah, that's history. not like, yeah, that's like that's public okay. history. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's public history. I'm mm-hmm. Lancaster is a plantation town. And she and she owned real estate. And that's another conflict. She owned a real estate company in like, Town Square. That's why I was like, wait a minute. Square. And she sits on that board and go in executive session and vote on property out here. See, that's why I was like, well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. She's one of the leading realtors in Lancaster. Now you tell me where the conflict is. On her. 
Mm. Well, I would we, encourage also, yeah. as well as um, teachers, because you guys, you know, in Lancaster have a voice as well. Y'all got to, you know, say something, talk to your, your kids, to talk to the parents, to have them, you know. He will. Oh, gosh. Oh. These, these teachers are afraid of him. He will let them go. He will fire them. I, and that's why I never, that's why I, I personally try to keep that air because these are people's futures and their jobs. Sure. I don't even see those who did send a message to the court because it was all on hearsay. But they didn't give the individuals names. But we have teachers that say you intimidate them. Huh? I don't even go to the school other than an art meeting, and in an art meeting, it's only about three or four teachers in there. If it's that many, it may not even be but two teachers. And this is a non-union district, correct? Yes, yeah. Texas is non-union school districts. We we are public, independent school districts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yes, and I welcome you all for allowing me to speak because it has to get out. You all, we are looking at one of the biggest things that's going to happen March 3rd. It's March 3rd. I know it's an election day. There's so many election primaries, days. Primaries. Primaries. Where are we going for November 2020? And so we have to get out and vote. We have to understand and we cannot be passive. Even if they look like us, make a good choice on who you think can lead us to the next level. You know, we can't continue to set a bad, or send a bad, send a bad message. We thank you, Miss Morris, for yes coming onto the show and speaking your voice and educating and, us. And, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, where can we find you? Um, is there email? Anything? How can we? How yes. can we support you? you my, listen, I give my phone number. I'm public. Okay, I'm a public figure. My phone number is four six nine two six one five two four one. My email address is P as in parent, P as in parent, C as connection, and A as in advocate at sbcglobal.net, PPCA at sbcglobal.net. Again, we thank you, and we definitely look forward to the school board meeting um, in about two weeks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for all what you do for our community. Thank you. Have a great day. You too, ma'am. Thank you. Well, y'all, y'all know y'all need to continue this conversation in person, in our listener comments, questions in our Facebook group. Um, she gave you, she gave you the number y'all can Google and, and and find the the minutes and show up and show out. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. You can also email us at mahoganymomology at gmail.com. Don't forget, you be a conversation starter with our t-shirt and mug, and you can find those on our website at mahoganymomology.com. 
Until next time, this is Mel. And I'm Tosh. And we thank you for listening to Mahogany Mammology. Bye-bye.